0: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA Show and the Mismatch Podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network.
1: It's the Full Goal presented by FanDuel. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit the ringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select States gambling problem. Call 1-800 gambler or visit the ringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes Chicago everywhere.
0: Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well,
2: I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears. Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks.
1: Our man, Jason golf Three
2: times a week with Jason golf
1: His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good.
2: Jason, I'm loving the full go. Love full go. the full go.
1: The full go. The full go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason golf That is what I'm talking about.
2: What up, world? You're listening to the Full Go with Jason golf presented by the Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Boy am I
1: tired. Boy am I tired. You know, can't do it like I used to, boys. Need my lady to hurry up and get back home. Already? Yeah, oh my God. all that energy you had before. Uh, <laughs> uh, this has been hell. <laughs> ordering, ordering every meal. <laughs> having to take care of both the dogs on my own. You know. Realizing the kind of slob I actually am when she's not around. Like this place looks like a fucking bomb went off in it, man. It's just, you know, it's, I can't, I can't do the things I used to. Uh, I, I, I called myself going and getting a little inspiration last night, going to check out my, uh, my cousin, uh, very funny dude, Mike Sampson, officially sam- stamped, uh, my man at the grand ballroom. Uh, in Inglewood, I was, you know, I was in, was in your neck of the woods, actually, Tony. Uh, and went in there, sat down, and had some very, very heavily, uh, heavily handed or heavy poured uh cocktails. <laughs> and I thought it would be a, a great idea to to keep the Southside Chicago experience going by then taking the party to Francis's cocktail lounge afterwards and and if you've never been to Francis's before it's a, it's a different kind of vibe, it's a different kind of experience with with all salt of the earth kind of people, you know, you got your little beer garden patio uh meeting area that's in the background where all kinds of activities are taking place. So everybody's having a good time. And then you've got the bar area where you can hear 90s hits like Back That Ass Up 17 times in one evening. You know, that kind of vibe. And uh I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, whew! <laughs> your boy ain't got it no more. <laughs> I spent the entire day today in bed. The only, and the only thing I really, really did was get up for a meeting with you guys about, and, and also our chance and opportunity to talk to Cliff Floyd, which you guys are here later on in the pod. But oh my God, like, is this, what, what do you think athletes have to go through? Like when they are in a city that they just can't get enough of, and and you drop not you drop down in town. Of course, those guys are in peak condition, right? I'm not talking about 41 year old dad bod Jason Goff over here. I'm talking about dudes who are you know, guys and girls who are in the the peak prime physical condition. But you know, you, you mess around if you're hard. a baseball player and That's you're what you get. yeah you're, you're you're in a town for two or three days that you really really enjoy. You, you know, you might get caught up in the events. I am hurt, hurt, boy. Like, I ordered bad food. That didn't cure it. That made me feel worse. I have drank every fluid in here. And it's not even like, um, I guess you'd call it like a hangover. But it's not even that. I didn't even get crushed. Like, I had like three drinks. <laughs> I am I am done. We are raising these, this jersey to the rafters, man. Like, whew. I guess when my son started telling me, like, I got to get another job because it's, he told me the other day, I got to get another job because there's some stuff that he wants. And I'm like, damn, uh, it's, it's uh, <laughs> we we took a real big jump from Legos to now having to get a separate uh, employment, you know,
0: but grow up so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, shout out to uh, keeping me. In the house this evening. And what did your I man's get it-
0: told you to your
2: face? Hey man, what you doing? Ain't gonna be good yeah, enough for yeah, what I want. my guy. Yeah, he
1: was like, hey man, fucking around. I ain't seen you in the suit in a minute. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> we good? <laughs> he he must have known that I would have had that contract negotiation talk today. That's what it was. He was he was pumping me up. Oh yeah, I did that today too, by the way. I got I got a chance to talk about my future employment with one of my employers. That was that's always pleasant. But yeah, man. I, I sat my ass and, and in the house and watched baseball today. I watched the doubleheader for the Chicago White Sox and uh, their, their game against the Kansas City Royals. There two games against the Kansas City Royals. And, I mean, you score four runs in two games. You get a split. Uh, you, you, I guess you're happy. But I'm not really happy about what happened today. Um, now, we could talk about Davis Martin and the start that the young man had in the second game. and how brilliantly he pitched in in a pinch because, let's face it, until Lance Lynn uh, gets back into this thing, until Lucas G. Leto comes back, which is very, very soon here off of uh, COVID-19 health and safety protocols. And of course, Michael Kopeck is on the paternity list. This team is an average baseball team. Obviously, 18 and 18, that, <laughs> that speaks to the averageness of the Chicago White Sox. But when you're average, you got to push through. Uh, the expectations for this team are through the roof and, and rightfully so. And they have, I won't say stumbled out the gate, but they've sputted out the gate and they've had injuries. Don't get me wrong. Eloy Jimenez, I'd love for him to play 85, 90 games in a row. Right. But that's not the, you know, that's not the the White Sox lot in life right now. In that second game of the back-to-back, I'm sorry, man. I got to see my man Tim Anderson out there. Hey, you know, this offense is struggling. Um, You know, I, I, This offense and the depth of it over the last couple of years that we've seen in terms of the talent that they have, there there are so many games where you say to yourself, man, I'm glad it just isn't Jose Abreu and, you know, six or seven guys out there, right? Now it's T.A. Jose Abreu. It's supposed to be Eloy. It's supposed to be Osmani. It's supposed to be Luis Robert. But these guys have struggled. Jose Abreu has struggled. Tim Anderson has been red hot. He's been outstanding these last four or five games. And you know what? I need you back in there again, player, <laughs> until this offense gets rolling, until things get to a feeling where, yeah, all right, the, the White Sox are here and and, and, and everything is, is feeling like it should feel. I need you out there every day. I know it's a lot to ask, but, you know, Frank Thomas calls man Lil' Ricky for a reason. Like, he is the kickstarter to your offense. And Brady Singer has kicked the, the White Sox ass the last two or three times he's seen him. So you know that going into it, it's going to be a tough go. For whatever reason, they can't pick up that arm angle. He's got great stuff. That sinker is outstanding. Well, he's, he's 3-0 is his last three starts. Something crazy, like 23, 24 strikeouts. Like, he's been he's been great against the White Sox. And you didn't have Salvador Perez going for the Kansas City Royals in the second game of that double. W- Doubleheader, which lets you know how important it was to the to the Kansas City Royals because they had everybody in their starting lineup going in games one and two, right? And the only reason Salvador wasn't going is because he was hurt. So it's a lot to ask, and I know you know he's a, he's an all star, he's an MVP candidate, but yeah, man, when the when the offense is sputtering, unless there's an injury that we don't know about or something nag where he's like, hey, Tony, I can't go in this second one, or it'd be great for me to take a rest. Yeah, you got to bank these wins now. That's the Kansas City Royals team you got to beat up on. I know it's hard to sweep a doubleheader. I got you. I understand. But guess what? It's going going to get late early here. We're getting to the 40-game mark, the quarter mark of the season where you you know what you are. And the Minnesota Twins have a three-game cushion on you uh, coming into this podcast. They got a three-game cushion on you. You got the Yankees coming up. You saw what happened uh, last week against the Yankees. So, yeah, I, I I was disappointed that Tim didn't go. And if that's me putting too much pressure or expectation on a superstar face of the franchise guy, a guy who who leads that offense. When the White Sox score first, they are 14 and three. They're 14 and three. Who better than to have first up up to bat than Tim Anderson? Yeah, so I was a little disappointed that T.A. didn't go in game two. And, you know, all kinds of weird baseball things happen. The, the Chicago Cubs face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. They bat them around. There's some craziness that the play. Wilson Contreras being a nice guy, helping people up all of a sudden. People want to get into it with him. And how about Christopher Morrell, right? I mean, call the kid up, gets a pinch hit, first at bat, home run out on Waveland Avenue, gets a curtain call, everybody gets to see the hair, and then, you know, you you. <laughs> Yeah, your, your reward is a ticket back down to wherever you came from <laughs> because of what's going on with their roster right now. And 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 listen, the Cubs, um, they're an interesting watch. Like the Cubs are a lot more fun than than you know their record belies. Now, they gotta get healthy, right? I wanna see Nico Horner out there uh, after the injury, and of course Justin Steele coming off the 10 strikeout game. Like there's some there's some stuff here. And and right now it's about Wilson Contreras. Right, Wilson Contreras hits his hundredth home run. Uh, of course, when the trade deadline comes around, it's going to be I hope suitors because I think he'll he'll get you get a pretty penny for him. You you'll get some prospects for one of the best catchers in the National League. So you know the the, the Cubs situation is 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 okay. <laughs> Sayo Suzuki had a terrific terrific throw. Had a great game actually in the seven uh, nothing defeat of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So yeah. And there's There's been some interesting things happening in the world of Chicago baseball. Got to take all that in today as I was getting myself back together, right? Maybe you know, I ordered from some weird ass soul food place on the caviar app that I've never ordered from before and a whole bunch of things came here and they all tasted the same. I was like, man, this ain't right. You know, I should I you know, I this was the day where you're like, you know what? I'm just going I think I'm just gonna never drink again. I, I think I'm never ever gonna take a sip ever again. I'm a vibe how I usually vibe. I let the I let the demon juice into my system and it wrecked me. Huh? And you know, my, my lady's in Greece, I'm on the phone with her crying like a baby, like, hey, where'd you put the, where'd you put the et cetera in? <laughs> She's like, Jason, it's six o'clock in the morning over here. I'm like, I know, but I'm not feeling good. Somebody's got to take care of me. And these dogs don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, a pit bull, and a shih tzu in here looking at each other like, all right, who going to feed who? <laughs> hey, let's get it together, guy. I am in here. I kid y'all now. I am in here having pep talks with these two dogs. Like, all right, who, who, who want to make a run to the stove for me real quick? <laughs> Uh, it's in your best interest. I- I'm supposedly your master and the person that feeds you. I just need somebody to go get some ginger ale from the store real quick. Which one of y'all want to go do that? All right, the pit bull has no idea. She's running around pissing and shitting all over the place. And the Shih Tzu is 77 years old in dog years. So I'm in here solo watching bad baseball. <laughs> I'm in here watching Josh Harrison get get sent get sit by by waving Joe over there at third base. Like, what are you doing? Huh? Just cause he a brother don't mean he's fast. Like Josh Harrison is one of them dudes who's like, oh shit, he's still fast. And then you're like, oh no, no, this it's the baggy shorts and the and the the young jock celebration apparently they're still cool. Like, yeah. It's the, yeah, Josh just be Tony, hey, Tony Little Joe? Joe, is this thing on right here? Joe McEwen and Totally Russo. Just because Josh Harrison is a brother does not mean that he is fast still, okay? We age just like everybody else. He, y'all got him off the scrap heap. <laughs> He's been Fun to watch, no doubt about it. And I'm I'm sure when he saw Waving Joe over there at 30, he was like, oh, boy, I'm going to turn these Jets on. Little did he know, <laughs> Andrew Benintendi had other plans. <laughs> like having a terrifically accurate arm and getting to the ball as soon as you touch the bag. Like, that's the problem that I had with it. It wasn't like one of those things where, Oh yeah, you got to make a perfect throw, bang, bang, play. No, no, no. Andrew Benintendi was like, oh, shit, you going to try this, huh, with, with Josh? Oh, OK, bet. So, yeah. You know, well, well it's, it's all in a day when it comes to White Sox baseball, base running errors, <laughs> lack of offense, <laughs> me griping about the stars not being the stars. You know, uh, this is what 18 and 18 smells like, folks. So, yeah, enjoy your summers and stay away from Inglewood, And and not for the reasons you think. It's because it's too damn good a time in that neighborhood. I, it's been getting ba- a bad rap for for a decade plus now. All right? Right, you know, it's not just the home with Gennaro Pargo, Derrick Rose, and a, and a bunch of assorted characters. It is fun times over there. It's just too fun. And the and, and liquor is too cheap, and it's flowing, and people don't know how to pour. So, Stay away from Inglewood, and not for the reasons that you think, but because it's too good a time and you're gonna be left in your house talking to your two dogs on a long-distance phone call with your lady in Greece, hoping that somebody's gonna to come and to save your ass.
0: Time for some commercials.
1: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EB. True, it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit Honda.com slash Prologue to learn more.
2: Cubs talk with Jason Goff on the full goal.
1: And the Cubs have won the ballgame. Can you believe it? Wow.
2: Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original.
1: Cliff, how you doing, man? Good, man. chilling. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk to you about the transition from your 17 year Major League Baseball career to now being an analyst and the, the Pat Beverly uh, situation that has taken place over the last couple of days, the, the storm that Pat Beverly has caused, you know, West Side's finest Marshall, Marshall graduate, uh, and the things that he said about Chris Paul and the disrespect that a lot of people are carrying those words with. And then you hear guys like Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Shaquille O'Neal who are now in a position similar to yourself, guys who played the game, who are out of the game, and are commenting on the game. When you, when you are commenting on players' exploits or things that might be deemed critical, uh, what goes through your head as a person who used to do it and how you should address or um, confirm Uh, some of those feelings that a lot of guys simply can't deal with. Like, how do you, how do you mess around and say what you got to say while also saying it in a way that is deemed respectful? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm having some, some trouble with us wanting guys to tell the truth or say how they feel. And then all of a sudden other guys jumping on them for not being as good of players and saying how they feel.
2: Yeah. Well, I think sometimes, uh, you know, you gotta think before you speak and (laughs) that's how I handled it. Right. Like I, you know, my dad always taught me that. Like, you know, sometimes you can come off the cuff and say something crazy, um, but you better back it up, right? Like I mean, that's just that's that's the nature of this business, is to back it up. And if you think about what Pat is saying, he's basically talking about what we don't see in here. Right? He's like, we ain't in the clubhouse, we ain't in locker room, right? We ain't on the court, we ain't around league, we ain't hearing these cats shirt 24-7. But what I would say this though. The personal vendettas, you got to push it to the side. That's the bottom line, man. And He know that. He know better than that. You, you know, you're talking about a future Hall of Famer. And Matt Barnes said it correct. Now, look, the, the problem we have today is freedom of speech. So you can't really knock this dude's opinion. But I think when you're come when, when you're asking me, like, how I handle it, if I got a personal vendetta with somebody, I'm talking about the gang and the situation and the team and the organization. And I watched the game just like you did, and everybody watched that game seven. It wasn't just CP; yeah, it was a whole squad. And I'll tell you one thing: the Mavericks slept real well being underdog, <laughs> and and the Suns were was sleeping on glass the whole damn night. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It's is it, it was it was a wild moment, and and if Pat is trying to get into the business. By saying something, then he going to get first dibs at that seat when, when he done playing. So, you know, everybody loves negative energy. Everybody. Uh-huh. They want, you know, people want to hear it. People want to hear, you know, they're going to call you a hater, whatever the case may be. But majority of people are going to say facts. He's speaking facts. Let them speak. Let them do this. So, you know, I think you just got to be careful, man, real talk. And that's how I handle it. Always. If you can't walk the thin line, then you probably should just curve it and go
1: somewhere else with it. There it is. Cliff Floyd joining us here on the Full Go podcast uh, with Jason Goff. You can watch Cliff across MLB Network studio shows throughout the season. Plus, MLB Network is airing live games every day this week. You can also catch him locally here on Marquee Sports. Cliff, I got to ask you, the, the, the Chicago Cubs thing coming into it this year, you know, people are, is this a 90 loss team? It, you know, the rebuild is underway. What's happening here? How? How should Cubs fans feel about what's going on right now with this team in, in terms of the, the core that you thought would be here for a decade has been disbanded over the last year or so. It seems like Wilson Contreras is uh, the, the the last guy holding down the ship, maybe during the trade deadline. That'll, that'll change. Um, baseball is a tough sport to watch a team rebuild because of the day in, day out grind and it not being 17 games or 82 games, like 162 games is a long haul. How how do Cubs fans digest this season, and, and how do you think they've entered it this year? Because last year, obviously, was a shock to the system. And
2: you got weather the storm with them. You know, sometimes, you know, that's what it just boils down to. And even if Jed is going to go out and sign, and, you know, bring in Suzuki, it's a start in the right direction. You know, you got two new hidden coaches. Um, so if you don't preach patience, you lose your mind. You, and that's the one thing about what the Cubs are is they ain't going to wait long. <laughs> like, you know, there's a difference between rebuild and retool, right? Like right. a couple retool, you can go get a couple pieces, add in to what you got, and then go out there and ball and then be like, oh, okay, well, we're we, we closer than we thought, especially in the NL in the, in the Central. Like, the the window of opportunity is 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 there. I mean, Milwaukee is going to, you know, if you don't watch it, they're gonna they going to run away with the division. But coming into the season, I didn't think Milwaukee had enough offense to just run away with it. Right. You know, so right. when you look at last year, um, the Cubs were 71-91. So you're thinking, all right, well, you know, you add a couple pieces, it's Swindell the real deal. You know, it's Wisdom the real deal. They got opportunities to play. Um, and then you bring in a couple pieces. So right now is letting these guys play, and I've said that on the network numerous times. Is when Horner's back, Nico got to play every day. Mm-hmm. Magical, they got to play. So you got to see what you have before you start making, you know, executive decisions on what you're going to do with Jay Hay if he don't come around, or you know how you're going to start using your prospects so they're ready at the minor league level, and they, and and the Cubs have a few of them. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think. When you look at this team, you know, Ross ain't going to put up with just going out there and just taking 10 L's in a row. <laughs> hey, that's not who he is, man. I talked to this cat. That's not who he is. So you, you're you going to have to figure out a way to get it done. Let these guys that you think are your future, you know, you got to be careful with that, you know, because, you know, until you let Nico play, I like him. I think mm-hmm. he got game. I do I, too. When he's healthy. He can ball. You can't be in and out the lineup. He has to play. He has to see. See, I, I put him in the same category as J.P. Crawford. J.P. Mm. Crawford was struggling a little, bit, a little bit in Seattle, and then all of a sudden they said, we're going to give you 160. And voila, my man from ball, right? Gave him seven million million, and the rest is history. Funny so how that
1: happened.
2: Yeah, sometimes you got to let these guys play, man. I think that's what it boils down to. So we'll just throw him with him, and hopefully uh, sooner or later, you know, you, you're, you're able to add some pieces. It's just hard to add pieces. To get the thing back on track, that's that's what this league is about. Nobody wants to give up good talent without getting some back.
1: Right, right. So is the situation harder for a team or a young player I should say with a team that is retooling rebuilding so to speak or a team that is a definite contender and you're the young guy like which which situation I would I guess I put you in those shoes like when you came yeah. into when you came into baseball and you saw the landscape and understood what you had to learn and you know you go through the league that first couple of years and try to put your scouting report together all the general pressures that are on you as a high prospect is it is it tougher to Uh, thrive in an environment where losing is going to be inevitable or is it tougher to thrive in in, an environment where winning is the only thing?
2: That's a great question. I think it's tougher to survive in a losing environment because you're really in a losing environment, you're fighting for yourself.
1: Mm. In the most individual sport.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You 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 understand what I'm saying? You fight yeah. for yourself without trying to be selfish and self-centered. You you like look when they make the when they make the call for who's gonna come again. You know um, to the shy, I want to be on that bus, and so I gotta do me. I know this team gonna lose hundred games. I'm not saying I'm a team player. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to make sure I stay mm-hmm. on the winning team. You start diving into situations that allow you to be helpful to the win column every night, whether that's defense, stolen bag, get a guy over third base, get a guy in from third base with one out. You know, you're playing ball. And Losing losing environments is still for bad habits. <laughs> I've been on some bad teams. I'm like, look, I look at some cats, and they showered and gone. When we got our bus kicked 11-0, I'm like, man, you got to sit around here and feel some of this. <laughs>
1: but, you, know, <laughs> you, should, you got that you had to stare down with cliff Floyd and and, and 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 make sure that you took the loss as hard as how, hey, come on cliff like what if a brother just want to get grab a dinner you know you hey. you're in pittsburgh for the weekend maybe you set something nah. up the night before you know what i mean i gotta get nah. him out of here
2: hey hey feel some of this dog like you i'm you gonna say <laughs> You gonna feel some of this too.
1: You hey, was I the, the one flipping shit myself. over in the clubhouse, weren't you? You was flipping over the spread in the clubhouse, not hey,
2: Straight up, I'm looking like, ooh, I'm looking like, man, you ain't even used no soap. How you gonna get up out of here? That's how I was way too quick. No, nah, but you know, I think in the losing environment, man, um, you know, yo everything is just elevated as far as negatives, mm-hmm. negative all the time. Like it's, you know, ain't. You know, ain't no light at the end of the tunnel, man. You feel so, you feel so defeated.
1: Yeah.
2: You like, damn, I to get up out of here. You know, like I, 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 I just don't understand how. You know, we ain't heard Joy Bottle say, "Get me up out of here," right? And and so, you know, it's always tough for the veteran guy that's on the on losing team. because well, you're trying to write the shit with the young guys. You're trying to you know, bottle what you have from past experience and help the youngsters and so on and so forth and you get getting your head beat in every night it just ain't cool. So, you know, it's, it's I think it's tougher when you're in a losing environment.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Cliff Floyd joining us here on the Full Gold Podcast. So, so Cliff, you mentioned, uh, you know, being that guy in the clubhouse and it's, it's funny, I think it translates to all sports. Like, I do the pre and post game show for the Chicago Bulls here in the city and uh, as this team gets better, I, I start to look around like, all right, the expectations change. So who's going to be the person that you can't tell my bad to? Right. And I think about the Sox run, the, the, when they won the championship, you know, say what everybody says what they want about Carl Everett, but there's certain dudes who um, provide a little bit of professional discomfort. In this day and age with social media and, and, and let's face it, everyone having a separate brand inside of a clubhouse. Um, do guys still experience the same, um, I guess, adjustments as they used to? It, 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 has the environment changed so much since you have played that there's a different way that you have to approach things in terms of being the the professionally uncomfortable guy when bad things are happening, right? Like has yeah. that changed or is that is that something that's steadfast throughout generations in terms of baseball?
2: I think it changed drastically. I think you know money has changed a lot in in, in every sport. I mean if if I'm making 35 40 million a year, I mean, hard pressed to get me to talk to the manager and the coaches so, like if I have a problem, I'm probably going to go to the team owner. You know what I mean? Like that's changed. Like you know players be like, Well, I got a problem with you. I don't even need to talk to you. I'm gonna go up top. Like pass up top, general you know I matters. Mean? So I'm going past and I'm gonna go to the yeah. owner.
1: Yeah, you serve the so authority. Hear, you, you,
2: you hear, yeah, you hear these stories, and I'm saying to myself, something has to give because you know, you, you you have to be able to lead the men in the clubhouse or in the locker room or whatever the case may be. You have to be a leader of men. Mm-hmm. And if you show vulnerability or favoritism, you set yourself up for a failure like no other. Mm-hmm. And so when 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 you when you have disconnect and guys on a page and on a mm-hmm. island by themselves, you're you're basically, you, you're, you're basically waiting for a disaster to happen at some point. Right. Because typically that guy is your star. Typically, like that Sorry. guy, the, the right. guy you count on or maybe he's underachieving at that particular time, whatever the case may be. So I, I look at I look at a lot of scenarios and go. I'm not saying nobody's tough by no means. I'm saying the money has changed how how things are perceived in the clubhouse. So I, and, and, and a lot of it is I don't want to lose you for a whole season. You see, like, I'm watching the playoffs. I'm a sports fan. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Bulls thinking to myself, all right, you don't have Lonzo. Okay. You don't have – Zach Zach is the – I'm looking at Zach. Zach has to be that guy. Right. So, you know, and that's how I look at sports, man. I'm always like, come on, man, you got it in. You'd be great. I I look at baseball the same way. Like, baseball, I think, is just a total different sport than any other. I do. I just, it's so it's such a game of failure, man, that it's hard to be consistent. Like, you don't hear in our
1: sport, oh, consistent. He has to be more consistent. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening. Right. I mean, you it's, know. St- the season's yeah. pretty much put together at 10 really good streaks and 10 really bad ones and then in the middle you figure yourself out. <laughs> you figure yourself out and then you get to the
2: end you, and you hopefully you're standing without the asthma pump saying, man, I made it through the dog days or something. You know what I'm saying? So, you really, you really grinding and, and fighting the whole time. And I just see so many different things that derail teams throughout all sports. And I'm like, like, dang, you know, could have got this a little bit more here. Whatever the case may be, but you gotta be careful how you talk to guys because guys at times can be sensitive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you use, you lose them. Uh, I think that segues perfectly into the managerial conversation. Um, uh, I always wonder, and, you know, especially with baseball being such a a heavy analytical game and and numbers being so important, how much is a manager worth in terms of wins throughout a year or the decisions that have to be made? It's it's very easy to, uh, you know, get on. Sports radio or jump on the phone and start screaming about, you know, a team that had three or four hits. And it's like, well, I guess the manager didn't tell him to hit today, right? (laughs) Or or if your bullpen is giving up the booty every time he points to anybody out there, you know what I mean? Like the manager's not telling you to go out there and get lit up, right? So how how does a manager affect a team on a day-to-day basis and What's kind of been the best managerial template that you've been around in terms of okay these are these are common traits in the in the guys that I have trusted in, in the dugout before.
2: So putting guys in the best position to be successful is like I always look at managers, right? Like managerial decisions. That's a personal thing. I don't I I, I can't help you figure out who's going to pitch the eighth inning tonight based on you know my knowledge of me playing the game. So I can only watch a guy. And how he puts guys in positions to be successful. That that's I've always judged managers I played for. So, you know, you see a guy struggling, you know, put him in the leadoff spot. Why would you do that? Because the starting pitch is gonna pump fastballs. Oh, that's okay, I like that theory. You know, mm-hmm. paying attention to detail. Um, you know, when you when you think about how the game is changing with all the analytics and all the shifting, and you know all these things that's added. A manager's responsibilities and accountability grows. It goes up drastically, and you know if you're not willing to change and adapt to the to the to how things are moving, you can still incorporate your your old school ways and whatever the case may be. But things are changing for you to. To help benefit you and that and that squad. Mm-hmm. You have to you, you have to pay attention to detail and be able to sort of, you know, tra- get all this information, get it out to your players, and get them on the same page to consistently go out there and do things, you know, the, the way your team philosophy is. And so I look at a guy like, like Gabe Kapper, didn't one thing go right for him in Philly. Nothing. So so on the outside looking in, you like, how this cat get an opportunity to manage again? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like what you, like what was so good about you that your interview was so dope in San Francisco? But then I start looking at the team. And the team in San Francisco fit who Gabe is. And that's why it worked. 107 wins works that way. Because he he said something, and everybody was like, bet. We can roll with that. We're gonna win with that philosophy. It don't work some places, so you gotta find the, the 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 right message from that mouth of the manager and that person' personality when he comes in the interview and see if that fits what your team is because mm. you know what it is before you hire a cat to come out of your team. Mm. So that's how I see managers fit and going. Poof! I don't know if that I don't know if that personality fits with that team. But I always use Gabe as an analogy because I feel like in Philly, the message didn't didn't go over well. But he was able to get a second shot at the title. Convinced them in, in San Fran that hey, my my message is is good. Mm-hmm. I just need players to believe in what I'm preaching, and it's worked for him. So, it, it, you know if you, if you have if you if you have the right message. And it, and and it means something to you. Stick with it; you might get that shot.
1: Have you seen the opposite effect, where uh, a team bands together against a manager like, "Yo, my well, man in the office over there is an asshole, but we talented, so we gotta we gotta put it together and and win despite of him." Yeah, In spite of him, I should say.
2: You on both sides, Jay, mm. on both sides. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I've seen I've seen managers get fired because we come together as players, I'm like. We don't like this
1: guy. All right, so I'm just keeping score here. You know, Clip is out here flipping over tables and shit. Uh, He's getting managers fired. Like, (laughs) no, hey, hey, I I
2: swear, I've always been about, like, you know, hey man, it's us, not not these cats over there. And and look, I mean we we we've had a couple bad apples, but. I always believe, no matter what happens from a coaching staff, I don't care what coaching staff, Man, we play. We play. You know what I'm saying? I, if, if I don't miss that fastball that I'm typically hit three hundred, you know, four hundred feet, that's a three run home on the board. You know, get a guy over from third base. Leave, you know, look at the box scores every night. It tells you. It, it tells you why teams are last place. It tells you why, why teams are, are second tier. And mm-hmm. it tells you why teams are at the top. They Every team is going to show you who they are. And, yeah. and, and and if you tell me a manager plays that big a part, you know, I, I would say they do as far as putting the line together and making sure things stay together. But majority of the managers let the players police themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I, I I was on many teams when I was considered the leader, where I would go in the manager's office and, and hear them say, hey man, I need you. But I got lineups, I gotta worry about pitches, you know, uh who's healthy, who's not, days off. I can't I can't be worried about what's going on out there. So that was our responsibility and accountability as, you know, veteran players. Hold down the fort ain't problems. Okay, we hear them and we take it to the skip and be like, "Hey, man, we gotta, we gotta fix this problem over here." You know what I'm saying? But they, he, he, most times, our managers left it up to us.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And a, a guy like David Ross has an interesting, um, I won't say dilemma on his hands, but you know, being recently, as recent as he was, a former player inheriting a team with that much talent and then like we mentioned guys being parcelled off over the last year or so the trade deadline the last guy that's remaining is Wilson Contreras he hit his 100 right. well hit his 100th home run uh and he got very very emotional and you could tell it was one of those um releases uh, obviously you know he, he had the series where he, he, he got a chance to be on the same field with his brother like this this beginning yeah. of this year has been very yeah. Very seemingly like overwhelming emotionally for Wilson Contreras. Can you do you think that he can tell that the end is near as far as the run here with the Cubs? And and how does a player kind of navigate those waters? Because we, I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of fans all the time, and and just because guys make millions of dollars and 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 you know get the fame and acclaim that they get, I don't think that uh, the the average fan really puts the emotional piece and the personality piece at play here uh, for a guy like Wilson uh can you can you feel it and can you see what he's going through in, in terms of not knowing where he is going to be in his whole baseball career being here as a Chicago cup
2: yeah 100% you can and 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 you know when you when you think about Wilson and you know one of three players left from that World Series team in 16 free agent at the end of this year um you mentioned already you know trade that line, it's going to be a lot of people asking about Wilson Contreras, and rightfully so. Um, you know, but I, I chalk it up to, you know, like you said, the energy and the human element of players is forgotten. You know, I, I mean, three hours before you sit in your seat and get your popcorn and have your drink, I was in street clothes, walking down the street li- leaving Publix, getting me some a sandwich and some chips <laughs> and paid a couple bills. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Hit the right. cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 wait, wait, <laughs> you mean to tell me you were not being doused with like, you know, the rose petals, the, the, the no, finest man. of gold flakes? <laughs> you, know? you know that ain't
2: it. You know exactly that ain't it. You <laughs> like, didn't
1: helicopter to the game? Yeah, like, <laughs>
2: right. That that ain't it. Like I'm driving in traffic, cursing everybody out. Like you know? <laughs> Get out my damn way! Uh, but I, you know, to see the emotions uh, come out like that. Yeah, I mean, it just lets you know the passion of certain players. So you can call Wilson whatever you want. You can say, you know what, you, you know, you know, he he, he, he he himself is the reason why he's still a cub. Everybody left, and you know, no one wanted his 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 mental um, makeup um, makeup. To, to distract the, the, the clubhouse of another place that he's going to come and distract. Because that's what was heard outside of that clubhouse. Like, I don't know about was, you know, strong temper, going to give you going to give you 100%, but he might disrupt our chemistry and what we have. Dang what I see. Mm. And maybe and just maybe and rightfully so, he gets a chance to, re- to sort of right himself. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, I, all that's in the past. I was young. You know, I was doing some stuff. You know, I was doing some things uncharacteristic of who, who I really was. Maybe he's just uncomfortable in his skin. Maybe he's uncomfortable with how great he was going to be. Maybe he's afraid to be great at one point. Wilson Contreras is a baller. He's going to be around for as long as he wants. He has a hose behind the dish. Like like we've been saying, trade deadline going to be interesting for a guy like Wilson Contreras. Because now I do believe a guy who can call the game and be a great catcher behind the dish, I mean, look, there's no secret. Gary Sanchez left the Yankees, right? And I'm not saying the Yankees are in their position because Gary Sanchez is not there. But Trevino behind the dish just looks different for the Yankees pitchers than we've seen with Gary Sanchez behind the dish. They trust they can throw a ball in the dirt and it's going to get blocked. Well, Wilson Contreras, to me, is willing to give everything he has to win and be in a position where people don't judge him by what he did in the past, but they judge him by what he's doing now.
1: No doubt about it. As we wrap it up with you here, man, I appreciate your time. Uh, The state of black baseball. Uh, During the pandemic, I got a chance because my man Clinton Yates uh, is one of the one of my closest baseball friends, right? Like yeah. I I got into the game very late in my life. My, I, I feel like baseball is kind of handed to you or passed down through like a fatherly figure, whether it's an uncle. My parents are from this country, right? So my dad wasn't really a baseball fan. So right. it, was, it wasn't until I was 12, 13, 14 years old that I started to get into baseball truly. And my guy, Clinton Yates, kind of has made me feel like a kid again in terms of how much he loves the game. And during the pandemic, I got invited to a Zoom, and all of a sudden, on that Zoom, there's LaTroy Hawkins, you know, there's Dimitri Young. There's all these dudes who I watched and thought of as like, man, like, all right, each team got a couple of them. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And 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 these are the guys I get a chance to talk to now, like you and like Jock Jones and Torrey Hunter. And fast forward to 2020, 2021, 2022, um, you, you mentioned that Seattle Mariners team and I joke, I joke with, uh, with, with Clinton all the time. Like, you know, that's in the Miami Marlins, they got a few young cats on there too. Uh, American born black players playing baseball. There's been outreach in the past. It seems like is, is different now. You know, there's the ACEs program here in the city and all the other things. Um, is the game as attractive to young black athletes as it used to be like what what's happening now when it comes to the interaction because the game you know now all of a sudden there's bat flips and there's swag and you know the the latin homies got the dreads and everybody's wearing the chains right and we understand where the culture comes from but is there still that 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 lack of a buy-in for whatever reason like we're seeing guys rise through the minors faster than they ever were like we used to think guys take four or five years three four years all of yeah. a sudden you see chris sale pitch 15 games and have his ass up in the big leagues it's a different <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a revolution so all the things that i think would curtail that kind of involvement is in terms of an athlete picking a sport and be like all right this is the way i want to go with it do you think that the, 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 the level of black involvement in, in Major League Baseball like Marcus Stroman or some of these other guys that we're seeing out here um, do, you, do you think it's it's going to be heightened? Do you think there's a renaissance coming? Uh, like what is the state of black baseball right now in Major League Baseball?
2: Definitely heightened no more staying in your lane like yo being quiet and yo just, just get to the league and uh, forget about your homies and nah man like like everything you just said is exactly what's happening in our sport. It's, 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 it's like our black athletes—they can touch it now. They can They can see it. They can see, you know, what I just said a little while ago. They can see like, at the end of the tunnel. They got a shot, and they believe in that. This sport has longevity, like no other.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It has longevity. It can get seventeen and a half years from Markham, Illinois, dog. Like. Come on, man! Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Like I try to tell the cast all, I'm like, "Yo, you got it. Don't stop. Don't go. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm have a secondary, and you know, yeah, go play basketball and keep your stay safe shape. Yeah, go. If you want to be a wide receiver, go. Whatever, do what you want to do. Swim. I don't care what you do, but understand what this sport is doing. Man, fully guaranteed. You got for 420 million. Like, forget what you heard, man. This sport is coming on fast. The swag is on another level. I mean, Jazz Chisholm from Bahamas.
1: Yes, sir. Like,
2: that, you know, T.A. is this shit. Side town is, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable, man. And it, it, it makes my heart so happy to see our boys stand true to who they are. Not changing for nothing. And some, and some clubhouses might not be comfortable. I know, but you know what? We've been uncomfortable for a long time, so you you get a chance to go out there and and shine and be great, but also be you, and that's how I I associate everything we do, right like, and and I mean that's one hundred percent wholeheartedly. Like you and I get an opportunity to talk without changing the way we talk,
1: right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, no That, that is
2: huge. Right, so I just feel like the sport and 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 you know the black communities are understanding that, yo, know, pick up a bat, yo, know, I can do this. I'm an athlete. When I got drafted, they had A T H A T H by my name. I'm going to call my dad. Go man, what the hell is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there a new position that they done created for my blackness? <laughs>
2: I was tripping. I was like, ACH? That's a I said, Man, first base. I said, Man, you're <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, damn, pump returner and kick
2: returner? <laughs> so I said, so I said, all right, you don't call me an athlete? Okay, okay, I'm an athlete, okay. So then it made me think. Like, I remember getting on the plane, getting to Bradenton, Florida, and I thought, damn, all these cats got a glove, got All <laughs> they they call me an athlete, dog. Like, I'm bugging out. Like, man, you got to remember, I'm 18, bro. I'm like, damn. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like eyeballing everybody. Like, damn. He ain't got two gloves. Because my dad told me. He was like, you gonna have to pray have two gloves. I'm like, I don't want no damn two gloves. I want one. Hell, I, it's hard enough to play one.
1: A very specific glove.
2: Right. And so I remember just thinking, athlete means... You, you you like the skill set that you see in me. Right. You, you 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 might not just put me on one spot. So right. maybe, you know, I change the game in that in in that aspect. Just hey, I'm a I'm a, I'm a draft athlete. You know, you 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 don't know, and that's why I keep trying to tell these kids in the hood when I go back. You know, when I'm in Florida or I'm a, I come back to the crib is like, you don't know what their agenda is, but we athletes, mm. we can do what we want to do. You know, if this don't work, <laughs> we'll figure something else out on the fly. Hundred percent. So that's how I always look at it, man, and, and try to show love in that area. It's like, don't 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 be disgruntled by some of the things you see and and and, and here because, you know, let it in one out the other. Keep it moving. You know who you are.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Who's gonna win this championship, man? Who's uh, we got the final hey, final man, four look teams?
2: Here. Look here. Boston is shining, but I'm a, i live in Miami. I see what Boston is doing, so I'm going. I'm going Heat, Mavericks, dog.
1: Ooh, The
2: so Luka's a big. Be- yeah, stop if if okay if they stop him. All right. Yeah, ain't nobody I,
1: stopping him though.
2: <laughs> well, I guess you, I, you're right. So you need two scores like they had Sunday. You need you need thirty and thirty. Right, right. And so right. I got I got Dallas Heat again. Ooh, okay. Yeah, with Dirk, because you know, last time they pissed Dirk off, and he went on the he wanted to tear, destroy yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah Dwayne Wade
1: and LeBron walking through the tunnel, coughing, p- made fun of Dirk. Like, he lit I mean, their ass don't
2: up. Leave that dude long. <laughs> long? Man, do win the championship.
1: Don't wake him up. Don't wake him up.
2: So, you know, and that's and that and that's what that's what Dev did to um uh, to Luke. Man, woke him up, chirping, knocking ball out his head, doing all that. And then Luke just smiled at him Sunday, our whole game. A killer. Straight stone cold killer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be got to be aware of the dudes who's smiling in times of panic, man. Right, <laughs> e- right. either, they, either they don't know the situation or they know it too well. Either way, you might not be ready. No doubt about right. it. Cliff, yep. this has been a pleasure, man. I, I truly appreciate you jumping on with us. I hope we get a chance to do it uh, throughout the season if possible. Make sure you're checking our guy out on MLB Network, all the shows that he's on, and, of course, Marquee Sports here locally in Chicago. We appreciate you jumping on, my man. Thank you so much oh, for no. your time.
2: Thanks for
1: having me, Jay. Hey, man, anytime. at me. Yes, Let's sir. again. Yes, sir. We'll be back with more of the Full Goal with Jason Goff. after a word from our sponsors.
0: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. You're been outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago. Outside. 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 Where we at? Outside.
1: All right, we haven't done an outside of shy in a very long time. Of course, we'll be doing these because the NBA playoffs are not just here cooking, heating up. We're going to find out here pretty soon who the NBA Finals participants are going to be. And after game one of Boston Celtics versus Miami Heat, I'm here to say it. And Tony has been a witness to it. Um, People who are familiar with my career here in the city of Chicago know how I feel about Jimmy Butler, professionally and personally. I think Jimmy Butler uh, is a Hall of Famer. I think Jimmy Butler is one of the best players in his generation. Right. Like when we talk about top 15 dudes over the last, you know, seven, eight years, you mess around and do all that regular season shit you want to. But Jimmy Butler come playoff time is a different animal. And the Miami e, Heat, uh, and it's going to sound crazy, they got to be careful because we've seen Jimmy Butler have to do this in series. And then all of a sudden you get to the finals like you did in the bubble and he's gassed. But I'll be damned if he ain't going to try to get you to the finals by himself. Man, I remember what Jimmy Butler was when he first set foot in Chicago. I remember him getting those minutes against Carmelo Anthony in the Garden, and thinking, oh, OK, Tibbs, trust this young dude. Right. There's a cat who played small forward and power forward in Marquette because they had that weird thing where they kept recruiting the same six five guy and then throwing him at power forward. You know what I mean? Like they was I guess still back in the old, you know, conference USA DePaul days where they had like every six three, six four shooting guard, that was a six five, you know, power forward in high school. Like Jimmy Butler had to play that kind of basketball at Marquette. He gets drafted by the Bulls and they're like, all right, this dude's got a, a wild backstory. You know there's no quitting him. Then he goes up face-to-face with Carmelo Anthony a couple of times that season, gets more minutes, and all of a sudden builds himself into a star player. Now, we know what Jimmy's track record has been in terms of making things uncomfortable for teammates, making things uncomfortable for organizations, and hell, making things uncomfortable for coaches, right? Because I still contend that if Pau Gasol and Jimmy Butler don't turn on Tom Thibodeau the way they did, that maybe, just maybe that thing ends a little bit differently here in Chicago. But that's neither here nor there, because on this night, as I watch that Miami Heat team suffocate, Absolutely suffocate the Boston Celtics in the third quarter. And that's the that's the tricky thing about greatness, right? Like Jason Tatum has arrived, right? But the reflexive nature of greatness, where it's like, all right, why did you lose because everybody else wasn't great with you? Like he he's still he's still getting to that point where okay, I got to be great in this moment and I'm going to be great in this moment. He was one for seven, I believe, in the second half. And Jalen Brown got it going late in the fourth quarter, but it was too much, too little, too late. Like, for whatever reason, Peyton Pritchard and and the the other dudes on that Boston Celtics team were more aggressive than the guy. And I know Miami Heat defensive scheme in that second half was make sure that everybody else beats you, but guess what? You got to force the issue and you got to stop fouling. Like, we talked about the Boston Celtics' defensive prowess in the second half of the season. They were one of the better teams if not the best team in the NBA the last 25-30 games of the season because of their defense. And you let Jimmy Butler, when well I let, because he took him. He went to the line 18 times. The man scored 41 points on like, what, 20 shots? One three-pointer with, what, 50-some-odd seconds left? They beat the hell out of them in that third quarter. Went on a 22-2 run, 39-14 in the third. It's the worst quarter that the Celtics have had in like four seasons offensively. Yeah, man. It's it's, hell's coming to breakfast. Every single game you go up against that Miami bunch. The only issue I may have with it is who's going to score besides Jimmy? Because if you're asking Jimmy to do this throughout the series, there's going to be a couple of games where he's just going to be gassed because of what he's asked to do on both ends of the floor. That, That team has always struck me as a good enough team to break your heart. And I still think they're there. Now they may beat this Celtics team because they are more experienced. They might be just a tad bit tougher, veteran, proven coaching experience. Kyle Lowry's a champion. Like all the young, uh, the, the young players who are now pushing guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Shout out to Max Struess, by the way, too. So I'll never forget two years ago, his dad coming up to me in the uh, United Center while I, shortly after we finished the pregame and him talking to me for about a good five, 10 minutes about his son and about his Achilles injury and, um, you know, uh, ACL injury, I should say, and, and how he was going to be OK and how I was rooting for him because he's a DePaul dude. That dude has turned his opportunity into gold and is, is now starring. Alongside Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Gabe Vincent, and those dudes in Miami, and Tyler Hero and the like. So if they can score, they could beat you. I just don't know if they can score at the level that uh, is NBA championship worthy. But man, kudos to Jimmy Butler. Kudos to Jimmy Butler personally. I- I've got some issues with the way he's handled his business, not just here but in Minnesota and Philadelphia. But I got no issues with the ma- the way that man has handled himself professionally. Uh, he has. He is the model for if you think you're good and you don't know if you can't be great, try to exhaust every opportunity and every possibility. And that man has worked on his game and he understand like the the beauty of Jimmy's game is him understanding what he can't do. Like Jimmy knows he's, he's not going to hesitate you to death. He's not going to hit you with the one-two and, and, and make you fall, create separation that way. He knows that fundamentally, like, he's a, he's a fundamental coach's dream. Pump fake you, triple threat position, always on the attack, get to the free throw line figure out where the weakness in the defense is, willing passer, terrific rebounder, outstanding defender. Like Jimmy Butler is that dude who is a a B a B-plus across the board in 9, 10 categories when you got the stars that we are talking about out here who are maybe an A in two or three categories. Jimmy Butler is the real deal, man. And it, it sucks that it didn't work out here because looking at the trade and Obviously, Larry Markkinen and Chris Dunn and what Zach Levine has now become as a face of the franchise. Jimmy Butler should have worked in several different places. And Miami is probably the best place for it because it's a no-nonsense. You guys, Everybody's got to come in. You're not going to be really looking at people uh, in your locker room like that guy and pulling the weight because it, it's not allowed by Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra and Udonis Haslam and the guys that have been around that organization. So it's uh, it, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch. Not just this playoff, Run, but also his his switch, the gear that he has when it jumps into the playoffs, right and we saw it here in Chicago as well um Jimmy Butler's game is i I'm not gonna say timeless because he, his game is gonna when when he does hit that physical wall, that physical barrier, you're gonna see a steep drop off But man it, I'll be damned if it ain't fun watching it, especially especially when all we're talking about is competing. Like at this point in the playoffs, everybody's hurt. Everybody know what everybody's running. Everybody feels some kind of way. Right now, everybody hates their teammates as well as the opponents because you've been around them now for eight months. You know, everybody else is out here throwing up their Instagram videos and enjoying their vacations. You got, you got Bron out here dancing on black sand beaches that he probably flew in himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody's upset right now. These dudes are, are hunkering down trying to get to the final goal. And I'm happy that we've got different participants, but you look up. And there's one of the usual suspects and Chicago fans know his name. And he goes by Jimmy Butler.
2: The Full Goal with Jason Goff.
1: That's all the time we have for episode one oh four the Full Go podcast with Jason Goff. Wanna thank our production staff as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti the active Jesse Lopez and my main man, Tony Gill. Also want to thank our guests, Cliff Floyd from Marquee sports. And of course, MLB network. You can catch him on all the MLB network shows, breaking it down. He's Markham's on, like he said in the pod, we, we are appreciative of that man's time. Hopefully we get a chance to chat with him very, very soon. All right. Check us out on Thursday. Where we'll be back with episode one Oh five. Make sure you are jumping in on that voicemail line. We'll try to think of some questions for you. Try to get your brains going a little bit. Seven, 773 359 is the phone number. So for the fellas, I am Jason Golf. thanking you for everything that you have done for this pod, whether you're downloading it, sharing it, subscribing to it, rating and reviewing it, whatever you do, we appreciate anything that you do for this pod. It is The Full Goal with Jason Golf. brought to you by The Ringer, and of course, Spotify is the gang. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Please be safe.